step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs, will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you. I will fight for you. And I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you and good night. I love you.
What a song. What a song. Happy Thursday, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sauter Show. I'm Rory Sauter, your host. It is great to be back with all of you. I have missed you all since Tuesday. We had a fantastic show on Tuesday. Uh, so much going on in the media, so much going on that we have to address and discuss tonight. Uh, it's been headline after headline. Uh, foremost, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank all of my guests, my co-hosts, my sponsors, and audience. Uh, you are absolutely incredible. The show is listened to in 25 countries on 70 online platforms. You know, uh, the weekend is approaching. I hope you guys have a lot of big and fun plans. Uh, you know, I hope your week, obviously, is going very well. I hope it's productive. I hope it's everything it's meant to be. Uh, we are definitely living in very strange times, people. Uh, it's a lot of mixed emotions. Uh, depression, confusion, sadness, anger. Um, you know, we are, uh, we've never seen anything like it. Uh, never. In my whole life, an economy has never shut down. You know, and think about what we've had to endure. Think about what we've dealt with. Things that are much, much worse than this. And, you know, this, this, is, this is no different than the flu. Let's not forget that. We're going to get into so many different details tonight. Um, I want to uh, mention to everybody uh, a lot of big announcements. Uh, I have now uh, an official date uh, at Salem. Uh, I will be uh, going in there uh, next week, next Friday, uh, to meet with everybody uh, higher ups there and people in charge. And then the week after that, it looks like we will be um, premiering, premiering there. So uh, excited to launch, excited to be a part of uh, the Salem family. Uh, as everybody knows, uh, big names like Mark Levin, Sean Hannity, Sebastian Gorka, Larry Elder. Uh, the, the, it goes on and on of, of how of the of those people uh, that do their do their broadcasts. Um, you know, so you know, sharing just the floor and, and being in the same kind of you know category as, as these people I've looked up to my entire life is. Uh, it, it's so surreal, and, it, and it's such a uh, a wonderful, wonderful feeling, you know. And, and I love how uh, I'm advancing my radio radio career to the next level. You know, keep gaining ground, keep growing. Um, you know, this is something that I was definitely made for. Uh, we're also talking to a lot of other networks right now who are interested in my show, so stay tuned for that. Uh, probably more syndication. Um, you know, we got we got a lot of things in the works. You know that the, the the future of the Rory Sauter show uh, is very bright, uh, a lot here on the table, um, you know, and I want to also mention to everybody, uh, the next gen, G-E-N-U-S-A.com, again, that's the next, N-E-X, gen, G-E-N-U-S-A.com, is my new media site that will be, it was supposed to be launched, you know, yesterday, I'm still working on it, I promise you guys, I know I've been saying for a week it's going to get launched and, you know, we keep having some setbacks, but over the weekend, we will officially uh, put it back up. As everybody knows, uh, it's just been revamped, restructured. Um, you know, it's um, really uh, getting to the point where it's more evolved than ever before. Um, you know, I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Um, you know, I just, I really wanted to add on and customize, uh, you know, this whole, this whole platform. We're going to have people with TV shows, radio shows. Uh, doing different video segments, 
uh, 24-7 breaking news coverage as we did before. Um, so, you know, all that good stuff will be in play. Uh, but, yeah, guys, let, let's get into it. I want to introduce uh, on the panel, uh, I believe he's with us right now. We have writer and speaker, good friend of mine, Sam Tully. What's up, buddy? Welcome back. Hey, Roy. Good to be back. Good to be back. I'm, uh, as you know, I'm I'm in this transition mode, trying to get out of California, but I'm back in the land of weird beliefs for a few days, and I'll be back on your side of uh, of the border, hopefully by the end of the week. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, it's, I'm glad you're here, though. I'm glad you moved to Arizona. I'm glad you, uh, you know. Uh, got out of communist California. What a terrible place. I mean, I don't know if that lockdown ever is going to end up there. I'm just I'm very thankful that Arizona, for the most part, is pretty much entirely back open. Well, yeah, when I cross the border, I have to make sure I have a mask. And I hear uh, in L.A., uh, you got to have a mask just to come out to your, your house these days. So it's at least, you know, in Palmdale right now, they're, they're still letting you cut your yard, <laughs> unlike I hear in Michigan. Well, that crazy woman won't let you do that. So Newsom's nuts. Oh, the smelly feminist Whitmore. You're talking about Whitmore, that crazy, uh, the the crazy communist. Right, right. Yeah. So it's uh, I mean, you know, Newsom is nuts, and he's still trying to do some crazy stuff. I mean, like we were saying, since the president made churches essential, plus 1,200 preachers decided they were going to open up their churches this coming Sunday anyway. But Newsom trying to come out with some weird mess about. Uh, 25% capacity or 100 people, whichever is less. So, you know, we can talk about that later, but that's insanity. And doesn't, hey, hey, Sam, doesn't that blow your mind and just, I mean, it's baffling, isn't it, that the fact that it's even debatable that these governors want to, you know, insult people of faith and, you know, want to keep them from uh, attending, you know, something that's so important and pivotal in, in our society. I mean, you know, Trump is absolutely doing the right thing. Well, they want, well, see, you got to remember, these folks are secularists, atheists, or just downright demonic, and they want to destroy the church anyway. And this gives them the perfect opportunity to get more and more people out of the church. Just like, well, you know, it's perfect. Like I said, 25% or 100 people, what if you have a a 2,000-seat church or a 5,000-seat church? The most you can get in there is 100 people if you obey this stuff. So, no, the destruction of the church has always been on their agenda. And just like Rahm Emanuel said, they don't want to let a good crisis go to waste. Yeah. Yeah. No. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they, they use this as a political agenda. Uh, they absolutely. use this to advance. Yeah, I mean, it's totally to advance their narrative and push forward and totally uh, act insensitive towards the real victims. I mean, these people don't give a shit about anybody but themselves. I mean, it's greed at its finest you know what i mean and i mean just totally you know trying i mean it's so many different examples and and variables uh that factor into this i mean look at them trying to pass all these different special interests legislation stuff that has nothing to do with the the crisis we're going through right now i mean it's, it's absolutely insane well you know like i said in my future former state of california i, I knew someone's given 500 bucks to illegal aliens now, yeah, now they, there you go. California is broke, but he wants to give illegal aliens money. I, I hope the federal government doesn't give them a dime. 
it's ridiculous. And you know what? What, he, what bothers me even more is these asshole governors like Newsom will pull this bullshit, and then they'll expect uh, the federal government to bail them out. They're asking, based off all their reckless decisions as governors, they, they think they shouldn't be held accountable. They think, oh, well, you, you, you as the president should bail out you know, the state of California. No. How about you guys in California stop making dumbass decisions? Exactly. And stop voting for folks like Newsom. <laughs> so, so I'm all for that. I don't, don't give him a dime. Yeah, right. Weird folks. Nothing. Yeah, yeah it's so. it, it's a it's a weird, it, it's definitely an odd time, my friend. But uh, I'm glad you could join us tonight, Sam. Definitely a lot to dive into, and uh, excited to hear your opinions. All right, let's do it. Um, I want to introduce to the show. I believe he's with us. We have political consultant and political operative Corey Jones doing a lot of great activism stuff right now. Uh, he attends Liberty University, which is one of the most popular colleges in the country. He's been running for elections. He's been all over the place. What's up, buddy? Welcome back. What's new? Give us the latest. Give us 411. I have missed you. Oh, man. I've, uh, I've missed you too, Rory. Um, man, these are just crazy times right now. And, uh, you know, from coronavirus to what's happened in the last couple of days and all of the racial tension divide that's currently at the forefront of our country, um, it's just hard to see how things can get any worse for this country right now. And so, you know, I'm sure we're going to be talking a lot about um, the George Floyd incident and the riots that have ensued. Um, yep. From the oh, loss yeah. of life. But, man, it's, it's just, ridiculous. If we it's could all take a step back as a society and approach these issues more reasonably, then, you know, we could avoid so much conflict, so much unneeded conflict in our nation. And ultimately what, what's going to happen is it's going to tear us apart. Um, we are a more diverse nation than we've ever been, yet we have more tension, more racial tension specifically than we've ever had in really American history. So um, it's just sad to see. It's horrific, and I uh, can't wait to talk about it today. No, oh, and it, oh, you're absolutely right, and, and I, I'm really excited you could join us tonight. Uh, you know, looking forward to hearing your opinions and your insight. You always bring great value to the show, so thank you for being here. No problem, Rory. Thanks for having me on, like always. Absolutely, my friend. Um, I also want to welcome to the show, I believe he's with us right now, we have U.S. congressional candidate from Virginia, as well as military expert, who's done a lot for our country, and uh, I always want to thank him for for his service, for you know his dedication. Um, we and Andrew uh, Nags is with us. How are you, buddy? Hey, I'm doing well, Rory. Thanks for having me on, and congratulations on the uh, the progress in your career there. That's great news. Absolutely, man. Here we are, episode 265, and you know, almost three years later, I uh, kind of I just picked up the mic one day and. It became a routine. It became part of who I am, and uh, you know, I just I uh, stick with it, you know. And uh, I learned that uh, it really is a, a natural gift that I was born with. So I'm very fortunate. I'm very Indeed. blessed, and I, I really love shining my light and, and giving my insight to the world and and bringing as much value to the table as possible. Yeah, that's fantastic. And uh, and uh, yeah, it sounds like we've got a great panel tonight. I'll tell you that um, you know you mentioned my. Uh, military uh, expertise. I don't know if I would uh, quite 
characterize myself as that, but, uh, you know, I am a West Point grad. I was a Green Beret. I did serve in as a uh, senior executive in, uh, in the Trump administration. I was a political appointee, um, deputy assistant secretary of defense uh, uh, there in the Pentagon. And, um, yeah, this is uh, like you, just like you, it's a lifetime, right? It, it's, uh, it's a way to serve and, um um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the uh, discussion tonight. One of the things I'll tell you, though, is that, you know, the folks in the 7th District of Virginia, which is where I'm running, um, I'm a Republican candidate there, it's, uh, and um, the uh, folks in my district, um, they care about um, their personal liberties, they care about um, their freedoms, and uh, that runs the gamut, um, the full uh, 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 the full gamut. So um, we're highly um, conservative, and despite the fact that we have a Democrat, Abigail Spanberger, currently representing us, but um, we're going to be uh, seeking to remedy that here in November. Amen. Amen, brother. Well, you know, I'm rooting for you every step of the way. Uh, we need we need guys like you in there, uh, you know. I, I and I love how Trump has created this outlet and this route for all these various you know outsiders. You know, we didn't have you know we didn't have this luxury before. I mean, it was so much by the book with these career politicians. And I've said this many times on my show. Yeah. And I'll say it again. I think the I think the days of this politician are limited. Just because and, and on both sides. I mean, whether you love or hate Trump, he's exposed. Uh, D.C. for what it is. And, you know, there's people on the left that hate career politicians, and there's people on our side that hate career politicians. So, you know, the, the outsiders are becoming more and more of a trend, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And that is, uh, that's the thing, right, that not only has he exposed the uh, the problems with career politicians, and those of us who've been paying attention, we've seen this for a long time, but um, he has brought a private sector mentality, a business mentality to the uh, business of governing, and that's something that we've needed for a long time. After I left the Army, after I was done being a Green Beret um, yeah, many years ago, I went to uh, law school at William & Mary, and uh, graduated there, started my own firm, and started working with small businesses that got um, that were constantly being attacked and bogged down by red tape. Now it is it is incredibly refreshing to have a president who understands what it what it means to uh, start a business, run a business, and have to deal with the impediments that are thrown up in front of us by the federal government. And uh, I, I'm sure we'll get into this, but those impediments are um, getting more and more serious, especially given the quote-unquote uh, uh, crisis that we're in. And make a mistake, the left is looking for power grabs left and right. And, and I tell folks in my district all the time, do not think that um, these emergency measures are simply going to uh, fade away once the emergency is over. Um, so we need to be aggressive about defending our rights and uh, making sure that we do not give them up freely. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Very well said. Uh, Andrew, I'm glad you could be with us tonight. Excited to hear your opinions. And, uh, you know, you always bring uh, great value to the show. So, uh, a lot, a lot to get into, though. 
Thanks. Thanks. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Um, everybody, so as usual, um, I am going to, you know, uh, start with the small stuff, and then we're going to get into the big stories. Uh, this is called the Rory Rants, and, uh, you know, I, I really um, I want to really address things and point things out that a lot of other mainstream media outlets aren't talking about. You know, I, I really, and I really think that's why our show is such a success and, and, and why we've, you know, gotten to this level. But we're so distracted with this whole mainstream na- narrative of Corona. And then, you know, we've had these shootings, which is another thing, but there's so much more going on behind the scenes. And, you know, that's why I like to uh, really uh, read so many different outlets, you know, so I can get a feel and uh, perspective of, uh, you know, especially independent, independent, uh, news organizations are where it's at these days. I, it's, it's, uh, it, it does quite something though. How many, um, you know, how many of them exist and, and how evolved it's become. But anyways, you know, it, it's like, we didn't have, think about this though, guys, back in the day, you know, when we had like Bush's president or Clinton, you only had a few channels, you didn't, you know, with all this, social media now and all these different ways of, I mean, there's so much more opportunity to create this, you know, completely brainwashing narrative and, and, and false situation and, and, and have people fixate on, on one thing and, and be distracted with everything. It's, it's crazy. It, it, it is a crazy, crazy scenario. Um, okay. So I want to, I want to start with this. So Jimmy Fallon, I mean, PC culture is out of this world. You know, it's gone over the deep end. Like we 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 could never believe, uh, you know. I mean, we we can believe it. I mean, it's it's you know the way people act these days, the entitlement, uh, the jaded mindset, the alternate universe, uh, you know, I, I, ideology, the 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 fantasy land. You know, I, I swear to God, some of the stuff I read, it's like you think it's written by the onion or it's some parody and, and and people what really pisses me off is people have to find something to be offended by they've got to, they've got to feel like they have to be the world police they've got to be this social justice warrior that comes in even though it has nothing to do with them and it, it doesn't relate to their situation and they got to come you know 20 years ago think about that for for jimmy fallon playing a black space role on saturday night live he's getting hammered hammered for at this second I mean, why – I have a many questions on this. Why now? Why are we, you know, going backwards? Why aren't other people being held accountable that have done – I mean, there's, there, there, this is rookie level compared to what, you know, other citizens have done in showbiz and have gotten away with, and there's not a word said about it. Not a word said about it. And, I, you know, Jimmy Fallon, I think he's gotten a lot of shit and, and a lot of criticism um, from the left-wing media, from the mainstream media, uh, because he was actually one of the few people that was civil with Trump. And, you know, we all remember Trump came on his show. Uh, they both said they really liked each other. They've known each other for a long time. Uh, afterwards, there was backlash that Jimmy Fallon wasn't hard enough on Trump with the interview and basically acted like he was favoring him. So, you know, I, I don't know if, if, if they're trying to, you know, because they're not. Because think about Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel, 
got caught with blackface. I mean, obviously it was years ago, but then we remember a video came out. I think it was like six months ago where he was impersonating Cara Malone. There was nobody really, nobody really held uh, him to the same standard as they are with Fallon. I mean, I, and you know, I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I, you know, I, I have some theories, like I said, with the Trump stuff, it, it seems like the more any of these late night hosts bash Trump, the more praise and the more cred they get, uh, you know, in, in, in all the, and, and the passes. I mean, they get so many passes. It, it, there, there's no, you know, uh, any sort of facing the music. I mean, what, what other late night hosts? Yeah. I, it's no, no. And it, 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 it proves where we've come as a society, you know, who cares about, you know, what somebody did 20 years ago. I mean, you can't it, – maybe it's wrong. Maybe it's not. I've seen provocative costumes in the past. You know, I, I've seen people, you know, put on things. I think it's about, more about the intent. I don't think it's necessarily, you know uh, – you can't classify that as, as, as racist. And that, and that, you know, we didn't really talk about blackface up until like a year or two ago. seems like everybody was doing it every Halloween, and it was like the new norm. And Saturday Night Live was making fun of Asian people. They were making fun of gay people. They were making fun of all these different groups. And, you know, I, and I, I blame a lot of what, where we are now as a, such a sensitive culture on stuff like George Soros, different social justice warrior groups that keep forming, whether it's the smelly feminists, whether it's the hateful group of Black Lives Matter, you know, whether it's uh, Antifa, you know, this is – this is dangerous territory. You know, if you don't agree with these people, they will destroy your life. They will go after you. They will ruin you. They will, you know, crucify you. And, and Jimmy Fallon is just one of many small examples. I mean, there, you know, and I, I quite frankly don't know Jimmy Fallon's political beliefs. But it, it's like it, it sends a message, can't even be civil with, uh, with any sort of situation uh, without getting backlash. I mean, I really think this has to do with his interview with Trump. That's what a lot of people are talking about. And a lot, what's pissing a lot of other people off is that he's not being political enough like uh, Kimmel has or like Colbert has, that sort of scenario. So, you know, it, it's just another one of those things, you know, and uh, we've seen all the cancel culture. You know, it, it, we, comedians can't even perform proper jokes anymore or, or do anything, you know, uh, authentic. They, they have to basically walk on eggshells and, and portray a, a narrative that is just fake. I mean, you know, we, we, the, the, you choose to be offended. Think about that. These people are, are creating problems because they're choosing. You don't have to watch it. You don't have to listen to it. If you don't like something on TV, what do you usually do? You change the channel. If you don't like something you're reading online, what do you usually do? You look at something new. If you don't like a picture of yourself, you're probably going to delete it. I mean, what are we dealing with, people? Cancel culture. And there's so many people, and everybody's got to hear this. I know this is a long rant on this one topic, but there's so many Hollywood people like Ricky Gervais. You know, we all remember what he did when he hosted the awards a couple months ago. You know, he said, you know, screw you guys in your millionaire in your million dollar mansions trying to bitch about uh, what's good for this country, what the everyday people need. I mean, and, and you know that that's a perfect example. And then he got all this backlash, and then he started agreeing with Trump more. There's been so many people, Democrats. Uh, I'll give you some other examples. Elon Musk. 
He's on the Trump train now. Um, who's some other people? Uh, Isaiah Washington, another actor. Because the left, they, they create this mentality and this hostility and this a- alienation if you're not in bed with everything they say and do. You, you can't think for yourself. That's why we keep talking about free thinkers all the time. You know what I mean? I, I mean, people want control over other people. It's the same sort of shit where I'm seeing assholes on social media trying to dictate and give advice on whether someone should go outside or whether it's safe or not. Hey, dickhead, why don't you worry about your own life and let everybody live at their own risk? And that's what freedom's about. You know, you, I, I've never seen so much fear for something so petty and small. This, this corona thing will go down as the biggest sham ever. Not saying it's not real, but it's no different than the flu. And that's a whole other topic. We're going to get into that here shortly. But, I mean, to end this, the whole PC culture, I mean, grow up, guys. And we've got the whole freaking pronouns, he, she, her, oh, I, I, whatever the fuck. And then you've got LGBTQRS, whatever letter has been added since. And you've got the hundred different genders putting these people in boxes. You know, it's unbelievable. It's really unbelievable. It's destroyed our culture. And people, this is how scary it gets. Democrat politicians want to put us in jail for saying the wrong thing. They want to control. They want to control. If you make a bad joke or you mispronounce somebody's gender, that, that's what PC culture has come to. It's crazy. Um, so, you know, I, I'm sick of – I'm sick of hearing about this, and, and we, we don't address this enough because we're, we're so focused on a, on a, a money-driven mainstream narr- media narrative that we don't, we're, we're oblivious uh, unless you do your research. But anyways, over the weekend, there were 17 shot in 12 hours in gun-controlled St. Louis. There were, what, 40 people shot in Chicago, gun-controlled Chicago. Places with gun control have the most dangerous uh, crime and murder rates. The gun control only leaves innocent, law-abiding citizens the, the defenseless. That's all it does. And, and think about everywhere, Detroit, all these places run by liberals. I mean, it's a cesspool. It, it's, it, it, it's a, you go compare red states with blue states. And you'll see what I'm talking about with crime. It's not even close. It's like the impairing apples and oranges. I mean, but think about that, though. 17 people shot in St. Louis within about 12 hours. 40 shot over the weekend in Chicago. Where's the media? Where's the media? This is the real problems, not some, you know, sham flu that, uh, you know, it's God. Where are these people? And they all want gun control so bad. All their, their idiot voters, but their idiot voters have so much trust in these politicians that they don't, they're too lazy to go walk to a TV and see or read facts about what the statistics are in these gun-controlled areas. You, you, I mean, you guys are, wow. I mean, it, it's stupid already. So um, Joe Biden is at it again. I mean, this guy can't even count to four. This guy can't form a complete sentence. This guy... Uh, is literally off his rocker every single second. Uh, You know, he got D-Day mixed up. Uh, You know, he can't remember what state he's in half the time. Uh, You know, he thinks he's running for the United States Senate. Uh, You know, he uh, tried to say that he worked with uh, Martin Luther King, which he uh, – 
he wasn't even in office when Martin Luther King was. I mean, the stuff that he has said, he tried to say that uh, the NWACP endorsed him, which when they did not. They just made that statement. Uh, what else has he, he – I mean, it's one lunatic statement after the other. And then he said he was not, you know, uh, for he, – he tried to say he was for the black community, but he was in charge of the 94 crime bill. Uh, he was uh, all for, you know, uh, keeping slavery in place. I, I mean, how, how can this guy literally have the balls and have the nerve – I mean – Obviously, you know, it, these gaffes are funny. You know, the, the way he uh, – and he, cu- he cuts out sometimes where he can't remember what the person just, just asked him. Uh, you know, the um, – oh, and then he says the other day, I'm – me, Joe Biden. I'm going to beat Joe Biden. I am going to beat Joe Biden. And, who, and, then, and then he said a couple months ago, just, uh, you know, another gaffe, just out of the ordinary – and this, it makes no sense. I mean, this guy's not well, obviously. He said, our only hope is for Donald Trump to win re-election. The guy, the guy he, who's coaching him? Why isn't his family stepping in? Why, I mean, why isn't – this guy doesn't even know he's running for president. This guy doesn't even – oh, my God. I mean, it's, it's like we've never seen anybody this unqualified. I don't think we ever have. He can't even walk. They're keeping him in the basement because they're worried that he's going to do something stupid again. They, they, I mean, they, they – and then he's talking about, uh, you know, all these kids playing with his hairy legs and then how he fought off a gang member named Corn Pop. I mean, you can't make this shit up. Where does this all come from? And then he, and then he says all these degrees that he never got. I mean, there's all these leaked videos. And then he said, um, you know, how, how great his record was with – you know, all the working class, which there's no proof of that. And, and just, you know, saying that Obama was a corrupt free administration, you know, trying to deflect and not take accountability for anything his son did with Burisma and, and, and China, China, you know, and, and uh, what else? Oh, what we just found out the other day was very interesting. Uh, anonymous donations from China went to the Biden library. Imagine that. Imagine that. And it's just going to be more and more revelations of what we're going to hear, hear about this guy. Uh, and, you know, his latest from the other day telling that having the nerve to tell one of the most popular talk show host guys in the nation, Chameleon the God, I think he goes by or something. I, I like some of his stuff. I mean, I, I don't really gr- agree with him politically, but, uh, you know, he's made a name for himself. He's capitalized. He came from nothing, you know, and he works hard. So I give him high praise and respect in that, in that area. But, uh, Joe Biden, we know what he said. If you don't vote for me, then you ain't black. And then Joe Biden obviously apologized. But then days later, I think it was yesterday on CNN, Joe Biden comes out and says that that guy was being a wise guy. That's why I responded the way I did. I mean, it, it's always a justification. Joe Biden is not doing himself any favors. There are so many liberal voters who are turned off by that statement. And you should have saw the Twitter uh, trends and, and hashtags the other day. I mean, dude, I mean, yeah. I mean, we're, you, you can't, I, I could see a little preschooler running against Joe Biden and winning. This, this guy gives no enthusiasm uh, to voters. There's no appeal. Nobody's going to run out there and go vote for sleepy, creepy Joe. Uh, you know, Obama, and, and I was never a fan of Obama, never liked him, uh, just, you know, obviously the most corrupt president in the history of politics. 
But what he did well and how he drove people into his circle and how he got voters was he could speak. He could speak like no other. That guy had a style. He had a charisma. He, he had, you know, that special uh, talent. But, you know, I mean, you don't have – the Democratic Party isn't, you know, they wanted Bernie. That's who most of the Democrats wanted, but they all know they rigged it for, for Joe. And, and now, now they're saying about 50 percent, half of Bernie supporters plan to stay home. I mean, that, they're, they're screwed. And then now we know for a fact, after, especially after this dumb statement by Joe Biden – Trump will get over 30% of the black vote. It's going to be one of the most historic things you've ever seen, over 30%. Think about the people that have endorsed him. Some of the, if he was a racist, then why did, why did Floyd Mayweather endorse him? Why did Mike Tyson endorse him? Why did Dennis Rodman endorse him? Why did Tiger Woods endorse, endorse him? You got some of the biggest names in their craft that love the guy, Kanye West. I mean, I, some of the biggest, greatest legends. You know, Carl Malone, you know, you, I, I, this is great. I mean, what he's created and how he's opened people's eyes, you know, um, and think about the numbers, you know, low, the, the lowest blacks unemployment ever, you know, and his perfect question to these voters back in 2016, what do you have to lose? I promise I'll deliver. And he did. Whether you like, whether you love or hate him, you have to acknowledge He's, he's, he's fulfilled on his promises. He's delivered on 80%. 80% of his agenda, his promises, within three years. Most presidents, after eight years, don't even deliver 10%. So he's, he's, over, he's gone way overboard in terms of, of, of doing his part. Um, I want to I mention this. You know, so the fake news is everywhere. It's an epidemic. It's, it's the most disgusting, vile. Uh, I, I can't believe some of the shit I read on there. I mean, the fact that they can get away with all these fabrications, all this slander, all this libel, all these, you know, it, it's crime. It's criminal. It's, it's uh, you know, you, you can't make some of this, this stuff up. I mean, they're going after people's families. They don't care who they hurt. Uh, getting people fired. Um, you know, how, how is that, uh, you know, productive? And, and the news, 97%, 97% of the news organizations are controlled. Nine, you get that 3% that's honest with you. But they're now creating, just because Biden is such a fuck-up, excuse my language, and makes so many gaffes, Silicon Valley is now teaming up with the Biden campaign. Uh, I think it's one of the creators of Vox, and we all know Vox is a bullshit outlet. They lie constantly. They were behind a bunch of the Russia bullshit that never happened. But anyways, they're teaming up with the Biden campaign to create an alternative news source. We all know what that's going to be. It's going to be the same kind of crap that Twitter's trying to pull with the fact-checking. And the fact-checking is going to be based on what they believe, not on the actual truth. Think about that. I don't – conflict of interest much? I mean, and these guys are donors of Biden. You're creating a news outlet. I mean, there there has to be so many different crimes in this scenario. How could there not be? You're you're creating an outlet with all this money, all this silicon, you know, investor – uh, you know, all these donors, and then, and, and you're going to try to, and we all know the algorithm, they can manipulate that algorithm like nobody else. They can put this in front of people way more than Trump stuff. I mean, they, 
This is they're trying to take over and hijack the 2020 election. How guys think about that? Joe Biden getting involved. I mean, he's he's basically pulled. I mean, Bloomberg. Look at Bloomberg. I mean, but Bloomberg already owned his company before he ran for president, the media company. So you know that's a different story. But I mean, what the hell? What the hell is going on? And I don't know Biden's ownership. I just know he's heavily involved. It was an article on Times on my show, and I will say it again. Big tech is the biggest threat to our society. I know everything, for the, mo- for the most part, about technology. I've been building apps for about eight years. Um, I have built tr- I build tracking devices. Uh, I can pretty much do anything in the technology realm. And, you know, we've come to a time where – Anything, everything can be done and can be built. And what the power and the influence that, you know, this, these sort of scenarios create would blow your mind. I mean, they can, they can disrupt anything. Think about how we use technology today. We're always buying stuff online, usually, most people. We're reading our news for the most part online. We're not really doing newspapers anymore. I mean, I mean, we're on social media constantly. I mean, it's, it's one thing after the other. I mean, what, you're, you're watching different videos. You're on different apps. You know, you don't, you don't see people with pieces of paper anymore. People are always texting. People are always emailing, you know. And, and think, about all, think about all the censorship. Think about everything that they've had um, gotten – I mean, they've gotten away with this for years. And, you know, I don't know. Obviously, we see today – that uh, President Trump signed a bill, which basically, um, you know, it, 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 it kind of prevents the situation because now it, uh, I forget, I forget exactly what the name of the legislation is or, or how they, um, they're, it, it's something. It, they're, they're, I don't, I think they're supposed to be considered like a, let me, let me look. I'm going I'm to get back to that in a second, but what he did is he made he made it so they're not allowed just to you know spew uh, all these different you know bullshit you know they, they wanted to kind of play the free speech excuse justification uh, but that only goes so far uh, with these news news outlets I mean there's a difference between per- maliciously misleading somebody and there's a, and there's another thing with free speech I mean just spreading false malicious lies. It's about time. It's about time. And Trump and A.G. Barr has, have made it very clear that these people will be prosecuted um, and there will be, you know, uh, lawsuits at the highest level uh, if they break any of these rules. My only concern is that we've seen all the loopholes these various forms have and how they've been getting how they can get away with stuff and what they can do, uh, you know, to make themselves look like, you know, they haven't broken any laws. I mean, there, there's so many things that they get away with that we never find out about. I would say majority of the things that they're involved with, we never know about. We only find out about the very small, you know, very small stuff. I mean, these people control the world. There's a reason why they call them the masters of the universe. You know, they, 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 this whole, uh, you know, the legislation, though, um, it needed. It needed to be done. And, it, and here's here's what it, what this will do. It will protect the election because Twitter was trying to fact check um, the president's tweet. 
That's how crazy we've become in society. They're trying to fact check the president of the United States. The president of the United States is giving all accurate, correct information to, to his followers because he has to, because all we hear is lies on a daily basis from these so-called experts. You know what I mean? And it's, it, it really is one of those things, and they're fact-checking all conservatives, but anything a liberal puts up there, they won't fact-check it. You know, for instance, Kathy Griffin wanted to uh, make another death threat towards the president yesterday. Nothing happened to her. Um, everything else I've ever seen. Ice Cube putting up fake, uh, that fake, fake photos of black violence. Um, all these, all these different actors, athletes on the left that are, you know, and Madonna saying that cops should be murdered and cops shouldn't have guns, not getting banned. But if we say the slightest thing about Islam or we say anything, that's what they were trying to get rid of us for. And I talked about this on my show the other night. They, you know, what, what it came out to 95% of the algorithm was, um, fixed. And it was going against conservatives on Twitter. They believe the left. It's not based on truth, honesty, or anything in that realm. It's based on how they live their lives in their own little bubble. And think about the bias and think about the the, uh, disgusting tweets that we saw of the person that's overseeing the fact-checking, you know, overseeing all these different accounts. I mean, this is not a level playing field. That guy needs to resign or be fired. And Jack at Twitter is being a jackass. He needs to really speak up. Something needs to, you know, he, he needs to really explain himself. Because it's over and over the same old excuses. It's the same old shit with these people. You know? I mean, enough is enough at some point. You're, you're really, you really got to, you know, put these people in a courtroom and they better give sufficient answers and and legitimate, you know, reasoning. They get punished. I don't know. I don't recall. Those shouldn't be uh, tolerated. There's no way, you know, and and just to, just to uh, be clear, um, the executive order, uh, it will on social media, it will, you know, obviously, uh, get rid of the whole censorship, uh, intensifying and, and, and rapidly. Wait, hold on. I'm reading. I'm reading this carefully. President Donald Trump signed an executive order on social media censorship amid rapidly intensifying political bias from the Silicon Valley. Obviously, we know he signed this order, um, and uh, we're, we're going to see. We're going to see where it goes because they they can bend the rules. They have money. They have influence. They have power. They've been owning politicians for as long as I can ever remember. It, nothing's changed ever since big tech has, you know, uh, evolved, evolved. I mean, it, it, it doesn't. Every election, we have this to worry about in the last couple of years. We, we, ever since, you know, social media became extremely relevant, even like 2012. You know, 2008, it was still kind of, eh, it was still up and coming. But, you know, I mean, and, and all the money, think about where it comes from not coming from these u.s governments it's coming from foreign entities like china and saudi arabia who are telling them what they what what they can and can't do and how they need to influence our you know it's 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 communism at its finest it's disgusting um 
you know, and, and, and think about this. The, the saying whatever you want, you know, I mean, that, that, that should never change. As long as you're not, like I said, as long as you're not knowingly lying, if you have opinions, that's one thing. Having all these so-called sources or so-called, you know, different examples of how you can clarify, that's not enough. Be more specific. You know, you have to give more uh, to the story. I mean, there's too many people, like I said, it's like a, it's like a fictional, uh, it's like fiction. It really is. Journalism was dead a long time ago. You know, these people only care about being first. They care about, you know, altercations. They care about divisiveness. Uh, they're not there to report the news, and they're not there to, in a lot of ways, do anything helpful. Not all of them are bad, but it's really turned into a toxic industry. Um, you know, and, and people like Nancy Pelosi, you know, just, just these, and, and Rahm Emanuel, and all these different people that have, uh, made statements like every crisis, including coronavirus, is an opportunity to advance their leftist agenda. Think about that. Meanwhile, we're dealing with all these deaths. We're dealing with all this misery. Over 30 million people don't have a fucking job. Excuse my French. We have people, suicides at, at, at skyrocketing. We have divorces skyrocketing. We have uh, mental health crises everywhere. Uh, we have uh, domestic violence skyrocketing, drug use skyrocketing. The real problem is not from the virus. It's the same amount of people die from this virus that die from the flu and die from all these other minor things. This was all part of the new world order. This was all part about, this was all part of taking Trump down. Mueller didn't work. Russia didn't work. Ukraine didn't work. They tried to impeach him for stuff he said on Twitter. They tried to impeach him for some of the dumbest things you could ever think of. Nothing sticked. Their last resort was the Democratic elites fed with China. They got involved. They said, let's destroy the economy. This is how we think we can get rid of him. And then look at all these billionaires. Look at Bill Gates. Look at all these vaccinations in bed with pharmaceuticals, you know, trying to profit. It was just reported, uh, Bill left-wing billionaires, Bezos, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, and a couple others, made $434 billion during the coronavirus pandemic. Think about that. I wonder where they're making that money from. And, and what's the reasoning you don't want to give out hydrochloroquine? Oh, I know why. Because it's so cheap. They want the expensive drug so they can get the back-end deals from the pharmaceuticals. And we always know what these politicians' narrative and agenda really is. I mean, they want to create a problem so they can say they have a solution. That, that's what they want to do. You know, and, and more problems they can create, the more they can campaign on, the more they can capitalize on. That's how, that's how the game's played. Um, uh, you know, and, and the whole the, the fact that we have Hollywood celebrities and we have athletes and we have all these people in higher power, you know, people like Johnny Depp or people like Jim Carrey or people like Madonna that you know say they all these death threats to the president and not, they don't get taken no no they don't face any music they don't they don't go to jail nothing happens to them but if any other citizen made these sort of remarks do you know what would happen? I mean, think about it. You could say the slightest little threat on Twitter as a citizen to any politician, and they'll come and lock your ass up for a long time. Why? Why? I mean, why are other people not held to the same standard? You know, it's crazy. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, but the whole – and think about what they're advancing. They're advancing, elite, you know, trying to give payments to illegal aliens, 
they're trying to uh, do this whole mail-in voter fraud bullshit, and we all know that it, it, it causes nothing but problems. Since 2012, we've had almost 40 million uh, ballots turn up missing. Uh, we just saw the election bust in Pennsylvania with uh, ballot fraud. We saw it in um, Illinois. Uh, we saw it in California. And then the Democrats want to play the game and try to act pompous and dumbfounded and say, oh, no, that's not true. That's just a Republican conspiracy. Oh, it absolutely is true. And you guys have felons voting. And you guys have illegal aliens voting for you. And you guys have dead people voting for you. I mean, you know, this is what what I'm talking about. You know, this is is a crazy, crazy time. And Trump, you know, is definitely putting legislation together that will combat, that will control and take care of and secure our our 2020 election. We're not, you know, I understand elderly people, handicapped people, certain people that can't get out of the house that will come in there and that that will mail in their ballots. That's fine. But as a citizen, as an American, uh, you know, as a person of the United States, your duty and your obligation, your right is to be able to vote. So, you know, it's one of those things where, and we're going to all these stores right now, we're going out, you know, summertime's here. The curve is flattened. Everything's gone in ter- for the most part. I mean, we're seeing every scenario of cases declining. And they want to, you know, talk about November, which is months away. It's like all they do is think negative and about themselves, and they know they can't win an honest election. So they're trying to do whatever, you know, crooked ta- tactic possible uh, to, you know, it, it's you guys – really uh, are living, all of us are living in a time where it's never been this radical, this hostile, this divisive, you know, and these, what they sneak in these bills, a lot of it has nothing to do with all of us Americans who have suffered during this whole uh, crisis. I mean, think about that. These people like Nancy Pelosi make, you know, suppose, you know, their salary is a couple hundred thousand a year. But she's worth three hundred million. You know where that a lot of that money comes from? China, places like China. I mean, absolutely. Why do you think the Democrats defend China so much? Why do you think Chucky, Chucky, uh, crying Chuck defends them so much? It's very true. Um, you know, and, and I, I want to say this. You know, I want to say that the unmasking. Uh, it was just announced today that Attorney General Barr, who's doing a great job is putting somebody in charge of getting to the bottom of everyone and anyone who was unmasked. So, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to play this game. You know, we, the, the truth is going to come out and uh, you know, when it does, <laughs> it's uh, get the popcorn ready. Cause uh, you know, this, if any administration is going to crack the code is going to get rid of corruption and going to solve um, all the problems with this, with, with uh, our justice department, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be Trump and his boys. No, no other, no other policy. We'll never see anybody else that, you know, will go to this extent. You know, too many past politicians are compromised uh, that were that were in the presidential seat. They were. Um, yeah. So you know, and I, I want to say that uh, we may be struggling right now, guys. I know it's a tough time. A lot of states are reopened. You know, um, but there's a lot of people that have nothing to go back go back to. Um, this was a slight disruption in the economy. It sucks. Um, you know, I, I feel right now about 70% of the country's hurting. Um, you know, thankfully, I'm fortunate. A lot of other people are fortunate. 
But uh, like I said, there's a lot of people hurting, and uh, it's it's uh, it's something that we're gonna become stronger from, and and, and we're gonna really gain strength from this, and and really uh, prevail and, and overcome this adversity. And you know, we are Americans. We are the strongest, greatest, most prosperous country on earth, and and there's no way that Trump is going to uh, let this situation stay uh, bad. Uh, for for very long. I mean, we're we're pretty much already getting back to uh, where things were in certain industries. Other industries, not so much. But uh, a lot of optimism. Uh, it, for instance, there was a poll recently. Eighty percent of consumers think that their job loss is only temporary, and they'll be right back uh, once everything you know c- calms down. Um, also, I, I want to say that um, you know we really have uh, Larry Kudlow, who came out the other day and said he thinks the third quarter, which is coming up, is going to be the biggest ever in nation's history. Because, you know, think about this. Rebound, you know, we've seen some pretty strong rebounds in the past. Sometimes the harder, the harder you fall down, the harder you get hit, the, the stronger you come back, the bigger, the bigger you come back. You know, it's true. I mean, it, it's all about taking that hit. And, and, and people right now are, are, you know, we've had enough. We're ready. You know, we, we want to get back to, to, to normalization. We want to get back to our everyday duties. And, uh, you know, people are, uh, people are willing. People, people are ready, you know, and, and um, people aren't going to stop spending money either. I mean, people are still buying a lot of real estate. Stock market's still really good. Um, there's a lot of things that we can uh, say that are positive right now, you know. So, I mean, it's not 2008 by any means. There's no way. I mean, we saw what happened in 2008 with real estate. We saw what happened in 2008 with stock market. Uh, right now, real estate and stock market is still doing great in a lot of areas, especially where I'm at, Arizona. I mean, it, it's booming. Um, but, guys, I want everybody just to stay strong. You know, we got, we got, we got to stay strong because we are, we are going gonna, gonna to do this. We're going to make this happen. All right. Um, you know, here, here's something I, I, I want to mention. Um, you know, Obamagate is absolutely out of control. Obamagate is the most corrupt thing we have ever seen in the history. And Trump makes a great point. It makes Watergate look like potatoes, look like nothing. It makes it look like chopped liver. I mean, you had a current administration spying on an incoming uh, president. A totally, I mean, I can't think of anything worse. And not only that, they framed these people. They made up crimes. They abused the whole FISA situation. They, they knew nothing was there. But they couldn't stand Trump to be in power because he knew, they knew he was going to come in there and clean up the house and they were going to go down for it. So, you know, we, all, we saw the extra insurance policy. You know, we saw the, the, the framing of Michael Flynn, Carter Page, uh, George Papadopoulos, uh, you know, and, and all these scumbags like John Brennan, Clapper, Comey, you know, trying to, uh, trying to save face and cover themselves. I mean, it, they know. They know what's coming. I mean, it, this is not a joke. We're, we're dealing uh, – with, uh, with big, big time stuff here. And we keep hearing more and more every day, you know, which is, and people like, you know, uh, Susan Rice, you know, just with the whole election day thing, going after the kids, fam, the, the, the president's family, going after Don Jr., Ivanka and Eric, unmasking them. I want to know, we want to know everybody they unmasked. 
Because I guarantee you it's a majority of the Trump administration. <laughs> I, guys, and the mainstream media is covering this up. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? It's disgusting. I, I just can't even, I can't even, you know, fathom this. Um, let's get into the main, the main headline. You know, um, Minnesota. Good Lord. <laughs> Has anybody ever seen anything like this? I mean, I, obviously we have. It's been a while. Uh, we saw, you know, Ferguson got pretty crazy. But I'll tell you, um, videos in Minnesota right now, Jesus, I think I'm looking at a, a goddamn third world Middle Eastern country. Uh, these riots are no joke. Uh, these morons are destroying their own communities that they supposedly want to fix so bad. They, they claim they're oppressed and they have all these problems and, you know, but they're going out there, burning down AutoZone, destroying Target, taking everything out of there, looting. Um, what else did they do? They, oh, they burned down a low-income housing building. They burned down factories. Uh, they're throwing weapons and getting guns and going on the street. You have cops literally uh, being attacked. There was a cop. Uh, there's been cops that have been attacked with weapons. There's been innocent people getting their ass beat. I mean, it's, it's like it, this, these people are out of control in these inner cities right now. And we all know the Floyd thing was tragic. It should have never, ever happened. Law enforcement, majority of the time, great people they're there to protect and serve and they do their job like they're told and they don't go outside you know their boundaries but there's that rare occurrence that we get cases like this unfortunately and you know uh but here's here's my problem there's been so many times where these incidences have been fake and there's been so many so much outrage and then we hear about the real truth afterwards and you know and then it's when, when, when the real times come, like a, a scenario like this, it's hard, it's hard to take it seriously. But now, obviously, I mean, after seeing all the video and the evidence, this was clearly murder. But, you know, I, I just hate how after, right after they saw this, within 10 seconds, everybody on social media, without knowing any facts, jumps to conclusions. And we saw what they did with Trayvon Martin and Michael Brown. I mean, those guys were in the wrong. We all know Michael Brown and Trayvon Martin. But, but the fact that they paint some of these people as victims, it, you know, it, it's a slap in the face. Because some of these people, like Trayvon Martin and Michael Brown, were, were attacking and, and were provoking and causing the situation. They were not, you know, laying there like uh, Floyd was, begging for mercy. I mean, you know, so it, it, these are the, – the Black Lives Matter, I, I, get, I, I get the outrage – but you guys need to tell the truth. You guys need to really look at the facts in other scenarios. This scenario, absolutely. Everybody should be pissed off. This is not okay. I hope this officer fries for what he did. I hope, you know, he gets the max. And you know what? Screw these other officers who are sitting around watching, not taking action or doing anything. Basically sitting there watching the guy die. How the hell? What, 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 what are, how humane? What, what the what? Can you believe that? And the guy literally, you know, in a situation like that, the guy was already handcuffed. The guy was already on the ground, and you're kicking his neck into the ground. Who the hell are you, bro? Who the hell are you? And here's what bothered me a little bit. You know, there was a lot of fake news, as always, on social media. The cop that killed this guy, they immediately said he was a Trump supporter. They fabricated a photo of him 
uh, with a hat that says Make America White Again. You know, and, and the media is blaming Trump for this, even though Trump has called for a full investigation. Trump's doing his due diligence. Trump is doing the right thing. But, but guys, I, I, you know, what the hell? What, what, what the hell? I mean, the, the times we are living in um, is, you know, it's, it's outrageous. It's outrageous. And these people are – I don't know what the cost is going to be to uh, fix Minneapolis. Uh, but I'll tell you what, these Democratic governors and these Democratic legislators and people in charge there, mostly Democrat, um, are actually encouraging it. They're enabling it. They're not taking action like a red state official would. They're not. Because this advances their political agenda. They need this hatred. They need the divide. They need it. Because then they can say all these different things to their sheep. I mean, it, it's like one uh, – guys, guys, guys. And, and why are we – you know, always attacking cops. Why are we generalizing? Why are people the? I mean, you guys say cops are the problem, but you guys are the first to always call them if there's an if, if you if you're in you know dire need. So you know, the, 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 and and I and I get you know, like I said earlier, uh, not all cops are are good, but majority are, and we really got to treat them with respect until there's a reason not to. You know, and I'm seeing all these videos of just random people walking up to cops on the street saying, fuck, because of Minnesota, in Minnesota, these people are going up to cops, picking fights with them, destroying their cop cars. I even saw something so outrageous that I've never seen in my life. They were destroying a police station, breaking the windows, destroying the police vehicles. I mean, guys, this, I thought I was watching a movie. I'm like, no, this isn't real. This has to be edited. This, there's more. I mean, but I'm like, nope, this is real. And they, they just called the National Guard. They have to. When you have all those people charging the streets, cut the cops. and, and, and they, they can't control all these people. And you know what? A lot of it is, I, I mean, people are fed up. You know, we, we need to make this about a humanity issue. You know, we need to make this not so much about a color issue. Because in reality, there's white people that have gotten beaten and killed by cops. And the media never says a damn thing about it. Actually, most of the time they don't because it doesn't match their narrative. You know, we, you know, it's 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 an, it's a weird weird time, and Jesus Christ, and, and people, you know, I, I just never, I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen anything like this. Uh, let's go to, uh, I, w- I want to go to Sam Tully first. Sam, go ahead. Hey Roy, you know uh, the. Yeah, this is this is strange. And in my sixty-seven years, I think we've uh, we've you know, I've seen a whole lot. But now it's 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 so bad. Now think about this: we've had the press and Democrats saying that the president is a liar and a, and a cheat and a monster since he uh, ran for presidency. That he's evil. That he's Satan incarnate. Then we fool around and have uh, find out that the FBI is working in conjunction with the CIA and a bunch of other folks uh, to sabotage his presidency. So, 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 so where you have, and this is supposed to be the premier law enforcement agency of the United States. So when this Floyd catastrophe comes through, and the president yeah. says that he's going to get the FBI. <clears throat> on this thing immediately 
think about the people who's been already programmed that the president's a liar, he's a cheat, but then they've also been here and seeing evidence that the FBI has been a liar and a cheat. So, so No, absolutely. And, Sam, what really bothers me is we have groups like Black Lives Matter and all these social justice warrior groups who only want to come out on that rare occasion when it's a white, white police officer involved with a black man, which, you know, we all know that the media, you know, completely lies about the story. But there are them times, like Floyd, that, that, they are, that they are true, but they don't call out the major problem, which is black-on-black black crime, the stuff in Chicago. I mean, the, the shootings. I mean, you know, the black community, uh, you know, they've improved quite a bit, but 12% of the population, over 50% of the crimes, I mean, they, they, need to fix, they need to fix things. And uh, I think a lot of them know that, but I think there's so many people stuck in their own ways, and it's, it's a terrible situation. Well, I, I was going to get to that. Because just like uh, you said, when you got 17 uh, people shot in St. Louis and 40 in Chicago, I, I think I heard it was that 10 people got killed over Memorial Day in Chicago. What do I hear today on the news that Jesse Jackson is out there in Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota? I mean, this guy. And Al Sharpton's going out there, too. <laughs> huh? Oh, yeah. Well, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, he is he is part of the problem. I mean, if he was of any significance to the black community, how in the hell ain't he doing something in Chicago where everybody's getting butchered every weekend? And like I say, the news media says nothing about it. And and unfortunately, when black folks are killing each other by the bushel out there every week, and there's nothing said, there's no rioting about it, there's no big protest, there's nothing because people have been conditioned to accept that as normal. See, you had you got several different groups out there in, 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 in Minnesota. You got legitimate protesters who were upset because of what they seen as just a blatant act of what I mean. I, I just there's no reason to put somebody's uh, their your knee on somebody's neck, and then of course you know they're handcuffed too. So uh, to me, it was just flat out murder. So you got the protesters. Then you got the the predators who were looking for an opportunity to steal, kill, and destroy because that's what they do. Those are not people that are thinking about a community. If you're going to burn, see, if you if you're going to burn down uh, a buildings that is going to going to house people, then you're not you you're not there for the community. That's not your community, or you're just a parasite in the community. Because it's always fascinated me when people get upset about something. They burn down their own community. Oh, well, great! Now I can go 20 miles to try to find some food, or I have to, I, you know, they're not building anything up, or the property value doesn't increase. No, those are not people that for the community. And then you get the press, the, the the pitiful press who feeds off this stuff, who loves this stuff, who wants to, to to build this stuff and to make it grow more and more and more. Just like when you mentioned the Trayvon thing. They couldn't get a completely white guy, so they had to call Zimmerman a white Hispanic. So when you have all these components, and then you have these, you know, this is what the media feeds off of. And, of course, they had to try to figure out some kind of way to tie Trump in with this mess when he has absolutely nothing to do with it, when he's trying to do the right thing. And then when people try to have a, a, a fair mind, 
because uh, uh, see, it breaks my heart too about what happened to uh, Mr. Floyd, but it also breaks my heart about law-abiding, decent police officers all over this country who now got to watch their back even more because the press and everybody else and people want to just make them an example, try to say that they're all painted with one brush, and they're not. And, and that brings me to what disturbed me the most about what happened with Mr. Floyd. Yes, I was absolutely disturbed by the guy that killed him, but I was even more disturbed about those other so-called police officers that stood around and did nothing. Somebody should have told him to stop. Somebody should have grabbed him and took him off of him. You know, but these people make everyone look bad. They make the whole, the, anyone that wears blue look bad. They make society, uh, they, they, they help perpetrate this narrative uh, 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 policemen are evil, and and then and, you know, and it fascinates me more. I don't think Minnesota is one of them kind of states, but in these mostly liberal states, where they don't want you to have uh, Second Amendment rights, where they don't want you to keep a gun, but at the same time, they they say that the police are evil. So you know, <laughs> you know, I believe that you, you need to be able to defend yourself, you need to be able to protect yourself, but they also in this situation. They need to be able to clearly articulate this thing, straighten it out, take everybody that needs to go to justice to justice, and those folks that are tearing up the community, no, those folks should be going to jail. There's no room for that because when all this is over, and like you said, the Black Lives Matter folks, you never see them in St. Louis or Chicago when you know black folks are getting killed or little girls are getting shot in the head for selling lemonade. They this is the kind of stuff folks like that feed off of. They need to get rid of all those people and, and, and just get them out of there and focus on that community and focus on all these communities. This is why, for me, it, it all comes back to the church. It all comes back to a moral foundation that this country was built on that has been stripped away, and now we just got people flaring away trying to make sense of nonsense and of course, when you got these crazy this situation with the the virus and, and and people making it, yeah, folks heard, but we know Como and the people in in, in Philadelphia and and the people in in Michigan where they put these sick folks sick folks in the same uh, I'll talk about elderly people in hospitals with with these elderly folks, and that's where the majority of people die. Well, hell, if you put a bunch of folks with the flu in there with a bunch of ninety year olds. That are barely living, they ain't gonna make it. So all these, these, these all these ingredients, it's is just, it's just, it's just mad. It's, it's just a mess. And it, I'm, I'm telling you, it just, it makes you just get on your knees and ask the Lord to help this country because we're in trouble, and and we need uh, for 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 strong, uh, clear thinking minds to take the lead, and. Not just on this thing. This thing right here, uh, that Minnesota thing is a clear-cut thing. It's easy. Now, if they didn't let this guy get off, then it's going to get worse. But this should be an easy thing to deal, I mean, to adjudicate. But we need to get our society back in gear. We need, we need to get control of this narrative. The church needs to regain its power because if the church right. had the power, then the church is the, is the avenue through which people look for help before they look to the government, and then that would help 
bring the government back in line. And that's, right. you know, to me, that's the only solution we have. Well, no, I, ab- absolutely. No, I agree. And, um, you know, it, it's, it, it's interesting that we've had pretty much back-to-back uh, well, not back-to-back. I mean, we found out about the Arbery thing last week, even though it happened a few months ago. I don't know why the the video took so long to be released. But, you know, just, just this whole scenario, we haven't seen these sort of headlines with back-to-back shootings in, in a long time. And I'm wondering if there's just going to be more and more. Because, uh, you know, and it really seems like a distraction in a way. I, I, you know, I don't want – there's just there's – more, there's more going on here. Um, the Arbery thing, you know, I, I think there's more facts that are not un- are are still unanswered. I, I don't think we have all the details. I, we saw a 30 second video that cuts in and out, gets a little blurry, and then we see him try to attack the guy with the gun. I mean, there's so many different ways we could look at that. Um, obviously, we looked at Arbery's criminal record. Uh, he's got the crime crime record of a novel. I mean, it was ridiculous, and he's also seen in multiple videos. Uh, getting hostile and aggressive with police officers. So, uh, you know, I, I want to, uh, and the guy, the guy that was responsible for the shooting, or he, I don't think he was the guy with the gun, his son was, but the father was right there. And he used to work for the district attorney, which is one of the hardest jobs to get. So, I, and this guy, Arbery, you know, obviously was seen, you know, walking around these properties and, and uh, apparently, you know, burglarizing different places. And then they said his story, the story was, he was jogging, but he was in khaki pants, and he was 10 miles from his house. I, I, you see, it's like when real stuff happens, you know, I, we, we need to take that seriously. But there's so many people that think, you know, stuff like Arbery is real without knowing any, you know, all the facts. You know what I mean? It's crazy. Well, well Prudence would tell you, I mean, number one, I don't know too many people that's going to jog 12 miles away from their house. And right. end up end up in unoccupied spaces. I don't know too many people are going to try to rush somebody with a gun. Uh, that doesn't right. make much sense to me either. So, so that right there is a, is a whole different argument. Scenario. Could be, I mean, the argument whole, could be the, the person with the gun in, in, in his hand was try, was trying to defend himself because he didn't know if the block, you know, if if Arbery was going to take it from him. I mean, that that could be a defense right there. Right. Now, now a better thing would have been if they would have laid back and tried to wait for the police and keep an eye on this guy. But following them, I, from what I understand, that it was within their rights. But nevertheless, you don't go rushing somebody with a gun in their hand uh, unless that person is right up on you with that gun. And you, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. That part makes no sense to me at all. But, uh, yeah, and jogging that far from home, well, you know, khaki pants or Timberland shoes or whatever they say. You know that's all kind of that's that's weird. That thing right there is a whole completely different thing than that thing over there in in, in Minnesota. But to me, one of the, one of the, the the one thing the press lives for this stuff. I don't they see do. the press talking about all these folks who get shot in Chicago every week. I don't see them coming down saying how horrible that mess is. I you know. Or, or St. Louis or Baltimore. I, I never see that. I, I, I never, right. you, know, you might get a blurb here, a blurb there, but that stuff is not what they want, and, I, and, it, and it means nothing to them. They want right. this confusion. They want this animosity. They want racial division. They want yep. to perpetrate anger, 
in the in the in the country. It's true. It's true. It's very true. Uh, Sam, stay with us. Uh, big show planned. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, well, they can reach me at Samuel Tolley um, on YouTube and Facebook. And I haven't been on my website lately. Like I said, during my transition, I'm trying to get things straightened out, but it's still there. It's inhimfirst.com. So once I get once I get through with this moving back and forth, I'll start updating yeah. more material. But, yeah, Samuel Tolley on Facebook or YouTube. Absolutely. Well, always a pleasure. Thank you, my friend. I'll see you again, Roy. All righty. Welcome to the show. We have U.S. congressional candidate from California, Mark, Mike Cargyle. Mike, what's up, buddy? Welcome to the Rory Sauter Show. First time on. Glad to have you here. Yes, sir. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it very much. Absolutely, absolutely Mike. It uh, sounds like you've had quite the career. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I I am not a politician. Let me say that first and foremost. I'm a Christian filmmaker, um, but I've been I've been a lot of things. I've been an army officer. I've been involved in in licensing. I used to work with the Power Rangers a little bit. I've been in the music industry, and then I've been just about everything in front of and, and a lot of the positions behind the camera. Uh, I was an actor for a little while, and and then uh, got you know behind the camera and and did a did a little short film years ago that took me all over the world and and I've just had a blessed a blessed career and and uh I'm a family man I've got two kids uh, well not kids anymore one's in college and one's about to graduate high school next year so uh you know everything I've done in the the years preceding this were were sort of so that I could stay home and and uh you know be a part of my kids life my uh my dad was in the the army and and he was gone a lot, and I didn't want that for my kids. And, and we also moved all the time. And I wanted, I always wanted to have a, a place I was from, you know, kind of a hometown. I never had that, and I wanted that for my kids. So we've we've lived here in Pomona, California. I've been married for for 23 years now, and uh, same place. And man, I'm just I'm so blessed. I can't even begin to really tell you how wonderful <laughs> god has been very good to me <laughs> yeah you've, you've lived quite the life man you've been a coach you've uh been, been a president of a fundraiser and uh you've uh, been the deacon at your church you've uh, been a writer actor director producer editor marketing director uh you run a small indie music label uh i believe it's out of australia and you, oh no, you well, manage a I, band out of, was, out of Australia. You manage a band from there. I'm reading that. You yeah, all, you've done a yeah, lot of yeah, different things. How, being, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. My no, no, no. That's how I met my wife. Actually, we were. Oh wow. Uh, I was working with some guys from Australia. This is back. I'm dating myself, but it's in the the early '90s, and I met some guys, and I was working with the Power Rangers, and I I really didn't want to do that any longer, and I met these guys. They just come off the road with Joe Walsh, and oh, wow. they played bat. They played bagpipes and rock and roll, and yeah. I went, Eagle. "Oh my gosh, we, yeah." So we, we, you know, put everything together and, and hit the road, and uh, and just right. had a blast touring the United States for a couple of years. And my wife was one of the groupies, and there you go. <laughs> we dated. For I love a it, dude. And ran off to Vegas. 
I love it. And, and you know, what, what a transition, you know, what a, um, it's very interesting, you know, going from being in the military, obviously, thank you for your service, uh, then being an actor and then, uh, you know, be becoming uh, a candidate uh, for, for this country, yeah. you know, uh, pretty cool, you know, you, and you've done all these different things. You're a jack of all trades and you can imagine just the change of pace, you know? Well, and, it's, it's, as I say on my website, uh, cargylefortongress.com, uh, you know, years and years ago, I took an oath as an army officer to protect yeah. and defend the constitution of the United States. And it is under assault like it's never been before. And the most direct way I could see to engage in its defense was to jump into this race. My opponent was running unopposed, and it just right. it tore at me. So my wife and I, you know, last minute said, you got to do this. You just have to. And so here I am. Uh, went through the primaries because in California it's a jungle primary. So, yeah. you know, the two of us automatically advanced. And so now she is a – a three-term uh, U.S. representative. She's a Guatemalan socialist. She basically uh, is a, a hybrid of Nancy Pelosi you, and AOC. You would think you would think where she can't, you know, you would think the country her, you know, family comes from, she would understand how bad that is for uh, America. But it, it's amazing how they know exactly what goes on in these countries, but they want to bring that. Uh, to to our to our area, I mean it's it's absurd and it's it's all about political power and you know I I just can't even believe it's a it's a topic in 2020 you know after everything we've been well, through I mean if anybody wants to know what socialism is go read a damn history book I'm so sick of these assholes excuse my French that keep saying well oh no there's there's different types of socialism you know it works sometimes no it never works no matter how you phrase it no matter how you label it no matter how you put it into any sort of you know, delusional context, it never, ever has or will work, period. Amen. Uh, you're exactly right. And the only reason these people push this, because you nailed it, they see what has happened in other places. But when they right. see themselves as being on the central committee, then it's a whole different animal. You know, when you're one yes. of the sheep out there, that's one thing. But when you have put yourself in the position – like she has, where I'm going to be that select few that controls the group at large. Well, that's a whole different, you know, it's a horse of a different color. You know, now I get the, the benefits of, of the slave labor, you know, and that's what it is. It truly is slavery by another name. And, uh, it, you know, people, I've talked to Bernie Sanders supporters and they go, well, you know, at least we get our basic needs met. And I said, as any master would. Make sure the slaves have their basic needs met. It's in the master's best interest. Yeah, I know. So. You're, you're, you're absolutely <laughs> yep. It's. I mean, the, the times, you know, it's interesting times. And for people that don't know, tell everybody the areas that your district covers. Okay. Yes, I am in, in Southern California. And the, yeah. the principal cities are Pomona, Chino, Ontario, Montclair, Fontana, and I have two little small parts of, of Bloomington and Rialto. I, I tell people I have the greatest district in California. And they go, what, yeah. what? You know, because you're not L.A. But I truly am because I have everything that those other cities have without the congestion. And I, my, my area is bookended 
by one of the greatest drag strips in the country, NHRA Fairplex. And on the other end of my district, I have NASCAR with the Auto Club Speedway. And right in between, I have an international airport in Ontario, probably the best international airport outside of LAX. So I have this wonderful group of families, blue-collar, half-Hispanic, half-Caucasian, families, family people, and with, with actually there's a lot of registered Democrats, but they're all conservative. And no one has, has reached out and said, look, you're just like me. What are you doing? You know, and, and one of the things I am championing going forward that every listener listening to this needs to clue in on, because the truth is Hispanic values are Republican values. And if Absolutely. you say that to them, that clearly, the light bulb begins to turn on. And then, and yeah. then you put them in the position of saying, no, it's not. Well, yes, it is. Tell me something yeah. that's a Hispanic value that's not a Republican value. And if Republicans are smart, they're going to jump yeah. on this message. I have a whole thing, a lot of things planned going forward in my campaign to champion this yeah. single yeah. thought because it is the absolute truth. You know, Goebbels used to say the lie repeated often enough becomes the truth. But the reality is the truth repeated often enough becomes our reality. And when Hispanics wake up that they've been used by the Democrat Party, that their family beliefs, their morals, their ethics, their, their work ethic is Republican. It's not right. Democrat. You're going to see a you're seismic exactly. shift. Yeah, you're, at, you're absolutely right. I could, I could talk to you all day. I want to get you back here very soon. Um, tell everybody where they can connect with you, where they can get involved with your campaign, all that good stuff. Okay, it's uh, Cargyle for Congress, and that's C-A-R-G-I-L-E for F-O-R, Congress.com, Cargyle for Congress. People forget how to say my name. I say, just smile. It's Cargyle. Here I am. So Cargyle for Congress is the best way, and then through there, there's links to Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all that, and you can follow what I'm what I'm doing. But but really, I am championing family values. I the campaign Perfect. is I am as the family man. And, I love uh, it. And that's, I love that's, it. But I'd love to get you back here very soon. Uh, thank you for coming on. And uh, if you want to stay with us, you can. I I, I just have to get to the next guest. Uh, we got a busy no show worries. tonight, but. Uh, Great insight. Great insight, my friend. All right. I'll talk to you soon. All righty. Thank you so much. Um, I want to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us right now. Um, I want to make sure. Let's see here. Let me make sure. Going through. Give me one second, guys. Um, da, 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 here we go. We have Tom Giovanotti with us right now, I believe. Uh, he's done a lot of big things. He is the CEO of Institute for Policy Innovation. Uh, he's involved with various organizations, uh, writer, talker, uh, radio quite a bit, gives excellent commentary. Welcome to the show, my friend. Glad to have you here. Hi, Rory. How are you? Doing very good, man. Uh, welcome. First time on the show. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. 
So uh, I'm the president of the Institute for Policy Innovation. We're a conservative free market think tank, about 34 years old. We are based in Dallas, and that's intentional because most think tanks are in D.C., and we think 1,000 miles is about a minimum safe distance from D.C. Uh, to, to insulate us from, from politics and from all the, uh, all the political corruption there and let us concentrate on our work. Uh, I, I think I have the greatest job in the world. There's nothing better than being able to uh, come on shows like yours and talk about issues, uh, write op-eds for newspapers, write short papers, and hold speeches and events and things like that, always pushing, always pushing toward limited government, low taxes, uh, reduced regulations, uh, maximum individual liberty. A true, a true patriot, a true American, man. I love it. And uh, tell everybody what you've been working on lately. What's been your primary focus? Well, you know, with with this COVID nineteen uh, epidemic problem, that's that has sort of swamped everything else. So there's a lot of work that we do, like on tax reform and tech policy and things like that, that we've had to set aside. Uh, we have we made some recommendations to the government about the best ways to deal with the COVID-19 problem. Of course, we were ignored, and they decided instead to spend about $6 trillion, and that's probably not the end of the spending. Uh, our great concern at this point is when this COVID-19 pandemic is over, or at least as it begins to tail down, uh, we're very concerned about the effect of all of the spending on the economy, and we're very concerned about uh, Federal Reserve policy going forward. Congress, Federal Reserve already has too much power and lack of accountability. And with the CARES Act, Congress gave them even more power uh, and even even greater independence. And we think that's a huge problem. Right now, the Federal Reserve Bank is uh, contracting with private uh, money management companies on Wall Street to dispense many, many billions of dollars in bond buying to try to stimulate the economy. But, of course, these private uh, Wall Street businesses have their own vested interests as well. And now they're going to be in a position to be able to favor certain companies and to uh, ignore other companies based on their own politics and their own issue bias and that sort of thing. So, you know, the left always finds a way to take advantage of crises to make government bigger, more powerful, uh, to take away more of our liberty, and we're afraid that that very same thing has been going on here for the last eight or nine weeks because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, yeah, absolutely, and 100%. And you know, I was, um, I was, I was looking at the article today, and you know, just with all the the misinformation going around with this whole tech censorship, and you know how they're trying to uh, really get rid of conservatives. With you know, uh, Trump top of it uh took action today signed an executive order um i'm sure you're very familiar with that policy uh from what i'm reading um it's basically the way it's um the way it's explained is the executive order targets companies granted liability protection through section 230 of the communications decency act under the statute large social media companies can't be sued for much of the content posted by others using their sites so I know, I know you're a policy guy. What are your thoughts? Because I was talking earlier in the show, big tech companies, we, you know, they've got so much power and influence because of the money they can shove down politicians' throats. And we see all these politicians constantly defend them. 
And, you know, but if they, if they try to, you know, if they do something wrong, they always, they find loopholes. They justify, they do, they, they never, there's never full accountability. So, you know, I think this is a good step in the right direction, but I don't think it fully solves the problem. I think we have a lot of work to do. And, you know, I build apps, I, you know, I, and I build trackers. I've been building technology for eight years. I can tell you that technology is the biggest threat to America or anywhere because just with how advanced it is. Think about where everybody gets their news. Think about where everybody buys stuff. Think about where everybody, you know, does everything. It's all their smartphone. You know, it's crazy. But your, your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's really complicated because I don't think there's any question that Twitter in particular uh, has a left-leaning bias. I think I think it's been pretty clear there have been, a, there have been any number of examples of Twitter uh, canceling the accounts of conservatives, blocking tweets of conservatives and things like that. I think Facebook is a little better, frankly. Uh, I, I noticed yeah. Zuckerberg was out in the media in the last couple of days saying they, they should not attempt to be the arbiters of truth. I, I think Facebook was bad a couple of years ago, and they have figured out that they were screwing up. And I, and I think they are responding to markets. Here's my grave concern. Uh, as I said earlier, you know, I'm a conservative and I'm a free market guy. So I believe that markets in general do a better job than government does. Uh, the bright line that I always draw is I'm more worried about government infringing on my liberty than I am about the private sector. That's not to say that markets are perfect, because they're not. I, I, I do think the tech companies are dominated by a Silicon Valley culture. It's a left-leaning California culture. I think as long as you've got young employees in California deciding which post to block and which post to let through, they're going to discriminate against conservatives. There's really no doubt about that. What I want to make sure we don't do in the process of trying to address that is to give more power to government because the problem is when you have a republican in the white house and you and you can you create a great big cannon that great big cannon is going to still be there when a republican is no, no is no longer in the white house and they're going to be able to turn yeah. that cannon on us so i think the trick is the trick is to find ways that are appropriate and that are within a limited government worldview and a limited government philosophy to deal with these things, but we have to be very, very careful that we don't create new powers and new authorities for the FCC and the FTC and things like that, because those powers, I promise you, will be used to harm us the next time that there's a Democrat in the White House. It reminds me very much of the Fairness Doctrine. Uh, I'm old enough. I, I was born in 1961, uh, so I've been yeah. around a while. And I can remember before there was such a thing as conservative talk radio, it didn't exist. And the reason it didn't exist was because of government regulation. It was because of yes. something called the Fairness Doctrine. And in the Reagan right. years, they did away with the Fairness Doctrine, and that's what allowed uh, Rush Limbaugh and all the conservative talk radio. It's, uh, Fox News would not be legal today had we not get, gotten rid of the Fairness Doctrine. So what I don't want us to do is to create a new fairness doctrine for the Internet, because I think at the end of the day that will end up harming conservatives more than it does harming the left. Amen. Amen. No, and I agree with you, and uh, I, I do got to let you go here in a second. I want to get you on here very often. I love your insight. Uh, you're amazing, man. You, you know, you have just such, such great value you bring to the show. But before I let you go, you know, you're an economic expert. Uh, how do you see the rebound? Obviously, Larry Kudlow, I talked about earlier in my show, you know, that he thinks the rebound is going to be pretty strong. He thinks the third quarter are, might be the best numbers we've ever seen in our nation's history. And, you know, I, you know, I think we have the right leader in Trump to uh, bring us out of this, uh, 
you know, obviously it's a mess, but uh, it's a slight disruption. Nothing compared to 2008. I mean, stock's pretty well. Uh, real estate's still doing well. You know, there's just certain industries, very very small amount, you know, that have uh, kind of been, uh, you know, screwed over. And, and obviously the uh, over 30 million Americans unemployed, that's a problem. Uh, but 80, there was a poll, 80% of those people jobless uh, think their jobs are going to come right back. They have a lot of optimism. But what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think they are too. I mean, if there's ever been an artificial government-created economic crisis, this was it. I mean, there was nothing wrong. The economy was strong. There was nothing wrong fundamentally with the economy. Uh, even, Even the naysayers were having to basically take their words back because of how strong the economy was going. And then you had the government basically forcing businesses to close down. And to shut down. So I, I do think, as as governments, and it'll be regional. You know, it'll happen in red states before it happens in blue states because the red states are opening up faster. But I think as government takes the lid off and allows the economy to come roaring back, I do think it'll come roaring back. And this election in November may hinge, frankly, on the degree to which the economy comes roaring back. I, I think that the president is in trouble if the if the economy is still in trouble when Election Day rolls around. But I don't think it will be. I I think probably beginning in July, we'll start to see dramatically improved economic numbers. And I would would think by the time the election rolls around, the story will be about the dramatic economic recovery. That's certainly what we all hope for, but I think that's probably the most likely thing that's going to happen. I agree. Well, very very well said. Uh, Very awesome perspective. Uh, please tell everybody where they can connect with you, where they can get you invo- get involved. Sure. We have one of those great short URLs for the Internet, so it's just simply ipi.org, ipi.org. And uh, you'll find, as I said earlier, you'll find 34 years worth of policy analysis, economic analysis on, on taxes, economic growth, tech policy, freedom of speech, uh, many of the issues that, that all right-thinking people care deeply about and we would love for folks love to it. go check out our website and see what they can find. All righty, my friend. Well, uh, God bless you. Uh, let's have you back soon. Uh, thank you so much. Anytime, Rory. Thanks a lot. All righty. Um, I want to welcome to the show, I believe he's with us, we have U.S. congressional Hello. candidate from California and political consultant Johnny Nalbandian. How are you, buddy? Welcome to the show. Hey, Rory. Welcome. I'm welcome, you patriotic brother. <laughs> I know, man. You've, you've lived quite the life, man. Uh, you know, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I've been a food industry professional for the last uh, five decades, over five decades, actually. And uh, I'm only uh, 26 years old with 40 years experience, if you can figure <laughs> that out. And uh, I've been a, believe it or not, I've been a political junkie since five years old. And I'm proud to say I've been a constitutional conservative at a very young age. I love it. I love it. And tell everybody what you've been doing. What, what you've, you've been involved with a lot of projects. What's some of the latest things that uh, you're, you're diving into? Well, right now. Uh, we're out there, uh, kind of, I won the primary, the jungle primary. I came in second place, but with decent numbers. And uh, we're looking forward to November. 
and we're laying the seeds right now for our campaign going forward. And, uh, you know, out there, this COVID thing, which uh, has really, really put a monkey wrench into uh, my plans, uh, we're, what we're doing right now is uh, I'm calling it cruise campaigning. We decorated uh, my van, my red van, Victory Red Machine, and we're going out there and uh, driving around our district. And before, like in uh, during the primaries when this wasn't happening, we were out in front of supermarkets. We're out in front of uh, talking to people, and I'm targeting independents and uh, moderate Democrats. There's a lot of low-hanging fruit out there. And, uh, and what I mean by low-hanging fruit is there's a lot of Democrats that are disgusted, like one of your guests uh, earlier said, Mr. Cargill, uh, that are just disgusted with their party how far left they went. And what has happened here in California which really disgusts me. I'm, I'm born in New Jersey. When we came here from New Jersey at a young age, you could eat off the floors. It was paradise. Total, total paradise. Then when this state was given away, they didn't take it from us. We gave it away to them. And uh, the far left has gone wacky. And uh, by the way, I don't know if you know this about me, but I ran against Adam Schiff in 2018. Uh, I ran against Adam Schiff in 2018 in 28th District. Uh, I'm now running against Judy Chu, who is like Nancy Pelosi's little sister in the in District 27, and she's been there since uh, 20, uh, 2013. And uh, I got to be honest with you, she, I thought Michelle Obama was a great race baiter, but this lady, every day, if you go into her Twitter feed and whenever she speaks or any videos or when she gets on TV, uh, one, she hates our wonderful president big time. She does what Pelosi, I, I call her Pelosi's little sister. And, uh, it's gloom and doom all the way. And race baiting, race baiting. As I said, I thought Michelle Obama was a tremendous race baiter. I mean, I used to call them the king and queen of race baiting. And one of the bad things that's happening out there, they are trying their hardest to reach into people's bellies and start a major, right now we're in a cold civil war. Let's call it a cold civil war. Uh, they're, they're trying to start a major civil war here. And the media is along with them, and they're a big poison. And in my district, uh, which is many, uh, it's a big district. It has like 19 cities. And uh, I'd, uh, would you like to hear which cities they are? Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Okay, there's San Gabriel Foothills, Alhambra, yeah. Altadena, Arcadia, Bradbury, yeah. Claremont, East Pasadena, yeah. Glendora, Monterey Park, Pasadena, Rosemead, San Antonio Heights, San Gabriel, wow. San Marino, Sierra Madre, yeah. South Pasadena, South San Gabriel, Temple City, and Upland. 
And it's a beautiful, beautiful district. Lots of small business. Uh, me being a, being a small business owner, which I have been for, uh, like I said, over five decades, uh, being a food industry professional, my specialty has been seafood. Okay, and uh, yeah. I'm not a I'm not a, a politician. I'm not I'm not a career politician. I'm not a sidewalk philosopher, nor am I a lawyer. We need to load up DC with more business people that think like the I president. If I if yeah. I would have won in 2018, if I would have beat Schiff in 2018, you wouldn't have these problems today. And I would be the greatest pit bull that President Trump has ever seen. I love it. I because love it. I, 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 please, uh, I love no, I, I love think, everything you say. I hate to, I hate to cut it short. I love everything you're saying. But tell everybody where they can connect with you. Stay on with us. I got a few more guests to get to. But no, this is all good stuff, man. Tell but tell everybody where they can connect with you. And, and I thought you left the best for last. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anyway, you can connect to me. Check out my website. We need your help out there. Uh, really, we could take this state. A beautiful thing happened. The 25th district with Mike Garcia, beautiful guy, won over there, surprised everybody. He lit a match for us. And the way you can yeah. connect with me is I'm, I, I'm on five uh, major platforms. Uh, I'm on Parler. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm on uh, Twitter, and I'm on um, Instagram. Anyway, and you can check out my website. You can navigate through my website to uh, my social media, which has really grown. It's www.votejohnny.us. That's votejohnny.us. Excellent. Excellent. John, thank you so much. Uh, stay with us. We still got a lot more to get into. Um, I want to. I want to introduce to the show. Actually, guys, I do. I do got to take a quick, quick commercial break. Uh, stay with us. Um, bear with me. Need to hold on one second. We're having some technical difficulties with the studio. All righty, we are going to take a quick, we will be right back. This is the Rory Sodder Show. It is a beautiful night here in Phoenix, Arizona. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love, like chicken, shrimp, and cheese, just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from the Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. 
Uh, please visit our website, getyourappbuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from The Rory Sodder Show. Please visit thedonaldjtrumpstore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit thedonaldjtrumpstore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. She's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And are back. The Rory Sodder Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to it in 25 countries. On 70 online platforms, everybody with us now is U.S. Congressional Candidate from Virginia, Jeff Doe. Jeff, how are you? Welcome to the show. Great. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely, my friend. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So a little bit about me. I'm an uh, Army combat veteran. Uh, Thank you for your I've service. Been, <laughs> no problem. I grew up in the D.C. area, pretty much lived here my entire life. Um, I ran for Congress back in 2018 in the 11th Congressional District in Virginia, uh, lost, and now I'm running in the 10th Congressional District in Virginia, which is actually a D-plus-1 district, so it's not as uh, competitive as the previous district, or it's not as uh, Democrat as the previous district I ran in. The previous district was a D-plus-14, which was a pretty tough district. Uh, so now this is a different, completely different situation now. So um, I've worked in IT for the past 10 years. Uh, I am someone who's providing solutions to old problems, 
with uh, new ideas. I feel like as an elected official, your primary responsibility is the physical and digital security of all Americans. So I'm I'm approaching my you know platform and running for Congress in that manner is focusing on a lot of digital issues that we don't talk about enough. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. No, I mean, we're, 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 we're definitely, um, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird, I've never seen a, a time like this in politics. And, uh, you know, I, I've encouraged and, and talked on my show many times, uh, you know, saying we need more military, uh, expertise running, running, running for office. You know, we need that, uh, you know, we need that sort of insight. We need that background. We need that, that intelligence, you know, cause you guys, um, you know, face a lot of different things that, you know, politicians are, 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 are dealing with. I mean, it, they, they go together in my strong opinion. I'm quite frankly, I'm surprised there aren't more military people, uh, it, it, you know, in Congress or in the Senate. Um, it's, you know, I, I, I love the, the whole pro-America agenda you are pursuing and, and putting forth. <clears throat> and, you know, just, just, just what, you're, what Trump has created, and I talk about this on my show all the time, he's really opened the door for that outsider. You know, for the longest time, it's been all about career politicians and the establishment, but uh, so many people are, are turned off by that. So in 2017, when I announced my first run for Congress, I did an interview with uh, OAN. And they asked me about the president and uh, how I felt about him. And one of the things that I talked about was he was one of the motivating factors to get me involved in wanting to run for office. When I saw somebody who had absolutely no political experience. You bring up a great point point because it's amazing because look at all the people that are now obsessed with politics and with running. I mean, he, he, he opened that huge door and all these people are, are more encouraged, like you said, uh, they've ne- they, they're so encouraged and they want to run and, uh, you know, they, they have this passion. And it's because he's, he's given us so much hope, so much um, success, and, and it's like we want to return the favor. You know what I mean? I mean, people are more patriotic now than I've ever seen. Yeah, and what's been interesting is, you know, one of the other reasons why I wanted to run is I wanted – to motivate others to get involved, uh, especially especially minorities on the Republican side, because far right. too often, you know, the Republicans get painted as the the party of the rich old white man, which is utterly ridiculous. And right. so, one of the things that I, I'm very proud of right now is actually Virginia in the last most recent election, a, a week or so ago, um, elected seven black Republican candidates across the Commonwealth of Virginia in seats that were held by Democrats. And so that's actually, that's actually uh, swing, swinging the pendulum back towards the Republican party. Uh, I, I'm not sure if you're aware, but Virginia just lost um, Republicans just lost the house, the state house and the state Senate. And we don't have the governor's mansion and we lost uh, our majority in the congressional delegation as well. Sorry, say that again. Look, it looks like Blackface Northam is going to get his way with all his radical agenda, huh? <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting. He's been able to get people uh, – he's been able to bring people together the way you would look for a governor to bring people together. When the, his statements came out about infanticide, one day later they come out with the Blackface thing. That brings people together. I'm protesting with the NAACP 
of multiple counties and multiple GOP uh, branches in, you know, multiple counties and also, um, you know, groups like Black Lives Matter and pro-life groups and all got together to protest Northam. Then he went after the Second Amendment this year, which they, you know, tried to institute red flag laws, which actually go on the books in July. And there was a huge protest there, and they tried to they tried to make it seem like that was going to be a, a, a negative thing, and that was the most peaceful uh, event I've ever been a part of, that protest. Yeah. And now you've got people who, small business owners who are ready to get back to work in Virginia, 94% of the businesses are small businesses, and I don't care yeah. what your ideology is. When you're hurting people's right. pocketbooks, people forget about what party you're associated with. They're just right. looking to get back to work. And, I and so that's what's going I, I on right now. We already see it, you know, uh, starting to flip seats already. Right. And look at, look at how, look how much Trump has helped the black community. I mean, you know, we saw lowest unemployment ever. Uh, you know, we saw some polls where he was getting 30% of the vote. I think in 2020 he's going to get over 30% of black voters. What do you think? Fair assessment? <laughs> So just just real quick, I'm still trying to – I'm struggling with finding out over the weekend that I'm not black based on what uh, Joe Biden said. Sleepy Joe. So, <laughs> you know, I'm still trying to find my way. But honestly, I do believe this president has a lot of accomplishments as it relates to the African-American community. One of the things that I like to point out quite often is there's an executive order that pretty much every president has touched since Jimmy Carter as it relates to – uh, HBCUs. The one president yeah. that did not touch that executive order was President Obama. And it's interesting, one of the first things that this president did when he got into office was try to get more funding for HBCUs, or you know, historically black colleges and universities. And they actually signed a piece of legislation that gave HBCUs the most money that they've had in their history, which is a big deal in, in the black community. Um, I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't agree with uh, Van Jones at all, or, or most of the time I don't agree with Van Jones. Yeah. But one day on CNN, he talked about how you guys can, the, the Democratic Party can talk about what they want to do for the black community, but this president already did stuff like the first step exactly. act and opportunity so zones, and it's so true, and other oh, things. Everything, everything he's done is remarkable. Uh, Jeff, I, I want I want you to stay with us. I am on a, it's a time clock, though. So I got to get you a few more guests. Tell everybody where they can connect with you, where they can get involved with your campaign. Uh, the biggest thing is go to my website www.doveforcongress.com. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Parlor. You can find me on all those uh, media outlets. Perfect, man. I love talking to you, man. Let, let's definitely get you back here uh, very soon. Let's talk a lot more. Uh, there's definitely uh, many things to address. No problem. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, I want to go to uh, Corey Jones. Corey, go ahead, buddy. I know you. I'm gonna get. I know you have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> yeah, man. There's just uh, there's just not enough time to get in all of my uh, thoughts on this issue. I mean, there's just. So yeah, I give you. I give you about eight, eight, eight or nine minutes. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's that, that that'll work for the time being. But um, you know, I just I just had some general thoughts about the um, George Floyd murder. That um, you know, yeah. and all of the 
ensuing protests and riots that have occurred over the last couple of days. Um, the first thing that I want to point out to people about this, um, about this entire event is that it's important to note that there aren't hardly any people actually questioning whether or not George Floyd was murdered or whether or not the officers that were involved in George Floyd's death were in the wrong. I have not seen, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm friends with on Facebook, most of my followers, most people I follow on Twitter or on Instagram are conservatives, hardcore conservatives. Some would consider them radicals. Um, I haven't seen a single one of my conservative friends make the case that the officers in the case of George Floyd were in the right by what they did, or that, they were, that their use of deadly force was justified. So I haven't seen anybody actually make that case. However, I have seen tens of thousands of people not only condone but justify the riots that have occurred in light of what happened to George Floyd. And so why right. can't two things be wrong at the same time? Why can't, why can't people say that George Floyd was murdered and the, rea- the reaction that these uh, social justice advocates exactly. um, uh, are, are doing in, in, in light of what happened is also inappropriate? I mean these things are mutually exclusive. Um, you can, you can um, condemn and speak out against the murder, and you can also condemn and speak out against the protests. And the reason that I've been speaking so vocally about many of these riots – um, is because ultimately, and, and ironically, it does, it, it does nothing, absolutely nothing to ease racial tension. It does nothing um, to help ease the tension between police officers and lower socioeconomic communities. In fact, and the whole does, t- You're absolutely right. Here's what happens. They, is they're generalizing, like, here's my biggest problem. Sure, yeah. there's a few bad cops that exist, but majority are there to sure. help us. But the, the inner cities want to generalize and attack all cops because one dickhead, you know, murdered somebody, and all of a sudden it, it, it's every cop's fault. It, it's sad. Of, of course, of course, and that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day. We don't have a problem with racist cops. We have a problem with a, a couple um, uh, stupid cops. That's really what it comes down corrupt. to. This yeah. cop was an idiot. He, he was corrupt. We have some corrupt cops as well. He, he obviously wasn't cut out for the job. And to some of these police officers, if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. That's what the old phrase used to be. you know. So if you can't take the high-pressure situations that, that's involved with being a police officer, then don't put the badge on. But ultimately, at the end of the day, it's just a small minority of these cops that are actually doing these things. Um, but really, at the end of the day, I don't think that people are – are really concerned about police brutality, and I'll tell you why. Um, the reason right. for that, the, the reason why I say that is because I think the only reason why this case is in the news is not because there was an instance of police brutality, but because there was a white cop that ended up killing a black man. That's all that matters to these people. I mean, there was a case yeah, and they three don't days talk ago. about black on black crime. They don't talk, even nope. though over 90% of black murders comes from another black person. They want, like oh, I said course. earlier in the show, yeah. they want to talk about that rare occurrence where a white cop goes after a black – I mean that, that's their narrative because that's what they're driven by. That's what gets their, their sheep going, you know? Of course. Many of these people are not mad that a black person died. They're just mad that a white person did it. That's ultimately what it comes down to. I have exactly. a hard time believing that these people exactly. would be rioting if, if the officer that killed George Floyd was black. 
or if the office or if George Floyd was white and the officer that killed him was white or or vice versa. You know, it just there's a very specific criteria that has to be met in order for outrage to ensue. And that criteria is a white perpetrator and a black victim. That's all that matters. That's the only thing that these people that, that that's the only thing these people um, look at. You know, and so um, and there was an incident that occurred four days ago in Jacksonville, Florida, where a black police officer was manhandling and putting a, a, a black suspect in a chokehold, and ultimately he was placed on administrative leave. Well, I didn't see any of the Black Lives Matter protesters going out and rioting in Jacksonville. Of course, the, the, uh, it's a little bit different because the, the individual in this particular case uh, obviously didn't die. He was just assaulted by the officer. But still, this is an instance of police brutality that didn't get hardly any media attention. You had to go to local media sites, and luckily I pay attention to a lot of this stuff, so I was able to see it. But you have to go to local media um, sites to get this information. The fact of the matter is this was an officer that committed an act of police brutality, but he was a black officer, and the victim was black. But that's not good enough for the people that are protesting. That's not good enough for social justice advocates, because ultimately, at the end of the day, it doesn't meet their very specific criteria that's required in order for them to riot or protest for that matter. And so, um, you know, if you're really concerned about black lives, if you're really concerned about police brutality, then we can have those discussions. But these riots are doing absolutely nothing, and I don't have empathy for these people. And and the people, the people that are condoning these actions, I don't have I don't have empathy for the people that are rioting. And the reason for that is because there's absolutely no excuse to burn down your own community. There's absolutely no excuse to loot small businesses or large corporate businesses for that matter. There's absolutely yeah. no excuse to smash windows of police cars or, or set buildings on fire. There's absolutely no excuse for that type of behavior. Not at all. I mean, I've seen, um, you know, for, for instance, I've also seen the media in the past couple of months uh, look at, uh, let's see here, there was a, uh, there was a protest in uh, Virginia back whenever Governor Ralph Northam, the blackface a governor right. was actually imposing restrictions on the Second Amendment. You know, he was talking about actually a mandatory gun buyback in the state of Virginia. And so there were hundreds no, of Second Amendment protesters on this on the steps of the Capitol. Yeah, and they and started they were, they, Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. No, they were they were armed. Yeah, they were armed. It, it was a mostly it was a white uh, majority protest. There's no mistaking right. that. And the reason why that's important to note is because I gotta the media go reacted to that. Sure, sure. I'll wrap it up. The reason why that's important is because the media reacted to that protest in a very different way than they're acting than they're reacting to these riots in Minneapolis. Absolutely. And ultimately, at the end of the day, the the, the people uh, protesting in Virginia picked up all their trash at the end of the protest. Nobody was hurt. Nothing was vandalized. Nothing happened. Yet those people right. were deemed dangerous. But the people that are rioting in Minneapolis are deemed as heroes, and that's the problem. No, I- it, it is crazy. It's a crazy world we live in. Real quick, where can people find you? Uh, find me on Twitter at the Corey, and then um, on Instagram at real Corey Jones. Good to talk to you. Perfect. Per- perfect. Always a pleasure, my friend. Always a pleasure. Um, everybody, it's been a fantastic show tonight. Um, so many great things uh, discussed. Uh, amazing guests. I want to thank you all for tuning in. Uh, I hope you all have an amazing weekend. I will see you all on Tuesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern. Tune in. Until then, I'm Rory Sodder. Mega, mega, mega. God bless everybody. Much love.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.